you got your Bibles, though, or your tablets, let's go ahead and open them up to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22 today. Proverbs chapter 22. Today we're going to look at how to parent our children, regardless of the stage of life that they're in, how to parent our children with the wisdom that we find in the Word of God. Now, parenting is a daunting task. It's a daunting task. Okay? Uh, there's not, I like when, when, when Kelly and I were, well, I'll say when we were pregnant. She was pregnant, and I was a, support, I was a supportive husband. She was doing all the work on that one. But uh, when, when she was pregnant, like we, I was reading and researching and trying to get all the information that I could on raising kids and how not to jack up my baby and put them in therapy for the rest of their lives and all this stuff, you know. And I realized that after we had the child that there was nothing that we could have done to prepare us for the kid, because you parents out there watching online or in the house know that having children is awesome. Having children is, is it, it brings you so much joy, especially when they say things that you say all the time and they, they carry like uh, the, the attitude that you, you walk with sometimes and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's a little mini me right there. There's so much joy and fun with it, but there's a lot of work to raising kids too. There's a lot of challenge in any stage of life. There's great challenges in making sure that we're helping our children develop into the people that God has called them to be. So we're going to look at some principles from the Word of God that will thoroughly equip us to be able to do that. Because I don't know that there's a book out there that covers everything, but I thank God that he put every principle and every piece of knowledge that we're going to need to set our kids up for success in life in his Word. And we're going to look at some of those top principles today to equip you to be able to be a better parent and a better role model for your child and point them towards Jesus. Okay, look, now I'm going to challenge you today. And when I challenge you today, I don't want you to get discouraged. And I don't want you to get frustrated. Okay, look, I know parenting's hard. And I don't think there's any parent on the planet that has gotten it right 100% of the time, every time. We've all made mistakes. How many of you have you raise your hand at home and in the house? I have made some mistakes as a parent. I got two hands up too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have made some big mistakes. And I'll be very fortunate if my kids don't end up in therapy because of a couple of them. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But we all make mistakes. So I'm not here to beat you up this morning. I'm here to encourage you. And I'm here to strengthen you and equip you to be able to do a better job going forward in raising your children. Okay, so we're here to do that today. Proverbs 22, verse 6, reads like this. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is like the go-to verse for raising kids, especially in church world. Okay, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it, or when she's old, she will not depart from it. And Christian parents grab hold of the scripture and pray it over their children's lives, especially when they enter into teenage years and the young adult years and post-college years, you know, where sometimes kids figure out they can do things on their own, but they really haven't developed the maturity level to be able to do things on their own. And so they're getting out there wild and crazy and doing stuff. And so parents are praying, God, you gave me this promise in your word that if I raised them right, when they got old, they would not depart from this. Bring them back. Every grandmother out there has probably prayed this prayer either over your children or over your grandchildren at some point in time. Because in church world, we see this as a promise most of the time. And it is a promise that we have in the Bible, that if we lay the correct foundation, that later on in life, 
it will guide and help establish the path that our children go on. And if they come off of it, maybe eventually they'll come back to it. Now, the only problem with that is that we still have free will to be able to choose to do what we want to do with our lives. So this isn't like some kind of magical hook that we get to put into the mouth of our kids where they have no say-so in what they do in their lives. Okay? They can still choose to do what they choose to do. So I don't want to mislead you on that. But there's another angle on this verse that I want to talk about as we kind of get into this message today on, on raising kids. And it's not so much, I want you to look at this verse this way, not so much as a promise from the Word of God, but as a principle from the Word of God. And there's a difference. Okay, this is the principle. It's a guaranteed result for the actions that you take. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. <clears throat> that means that lay the foundation and train your child with responsibility, self-control, respect for others, um, spiritual focus in their lives, relationship with God. If you lay that foundation correctly, it will establish the way that they go in life and set the tone for the direction of their life. The opposite of that, though, can be true because this principle works both ways. Okay? If you lay an incorrect foundation in the life of your child, that foundation is going to be faulty, and it's going to cause them to go into illegitimate directions in their life that maybe God never intended for them to go because of the foundation that was laid in the home. See what I'm saying? So what we do in the lives of our children and how we conduct ourselves, how we train them, how we teach them has incredible weight because it's establishing the direction and the path of their life. It's not just a promise, but this is a principle. So if we have conflicting worldviews that we're establishing in our lives, we're going to set our kids out on a path of confusion in the home. When they see mom and dad showing up for church on Sunday but living a completely different life in the home, see, you're training your child up to know that church is on Sunday but real life happens the other six days of the week and they're not going to have a solid relationship with God because of the foundation that you set in their life. Okay? So incredible, incredible weight with this. Train up your child in the way they should go and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now, I used to do a whole lot of construction work, and uh, I, got, I got the joint pain and the soreness still to prove that I did way too much construction work back in the day. And, and what, what happens in construction world is this. You're given a job. You should get jobs from real estate agents and other contractors and, and brokers and companies, and they would say, go in, renovate this house, paint it, you know, do whatever the, the punch list was, and we'd go in and do it, get paid and get out of there. But sometimes you would get too many jobs at one time, and I find myself with three or four jobs to juggle at one time. And so I would have to bring in subcontractors to help me carry the workload of the job so that I could get the jobs done on time and still make sure that the quality of those jobs were where they needed to be. You know, so <clears throat> there's only so much you can do yourself in the contract world. So I had to bring in subcontractors. Okay. Now, in parenting, it's incredibly popular now in culture to subcontract out the development and the raising of your kids. You cannot do that as a parent. 
Okay? It is nobody else's job to raise your child except for you as the parent. But it's real popular in culture today to subcontract that out. And I brought a picture that's going to show you a little bit of what this is going to look like. In, in the modern day today, this is what raising a child is going to look like. They're going to put that picture up on the screen for you. It looks like this right here. you got the child at the center, but you have all these voices of influence in their life. You have the parent's voice which is the voice of influence. And then you've got God as part of the influence in their lives. But then you've also got friends. You've got school and their education. And then church is over there too, if you're a church-going person. Like if you're watching the live stream today and, and you're not in church or you, you don't really have like an understanding of God, you know, this might not apply to how you're um, developing your kids. But today... This is what it looks like. The child's at the center, and they have all these voices speaking into their lives. The problem is this. This represents a subcontracted approach to raising a kid. God should not just be part of your kid's life. God should be the totality of your child's life. And as a parent, you shouldn't just be part of the pinwheel of voices speaking into your child's life to help form their worldview or develop them as a person. This is a more correct and a more biblically correct picture of how a child should be raised and how influence should speak into a child's life. And it looks like this picture that I'm about to show you. Where the child has direct access to God and the relationship with them, and the parent encourages them in that relationship with God. But the parent acts as a barrier and a filter between that child and their friends between that child and, listen now, even church, even church. Listen, parents, it is not the church's job to lay a spiritual foundation in your child's life. It is your responsibility to lay a spiritual foundation in your child's life. The church is here to, to teach, to equip, to train, to give you everything that you need. I can give it to you. I can give you the truth. But it's your role, established by God as the parent, to take that and instill it into the heart of your child. It's not my job as a pastor. It's your job as the parent. So the parent filters what the church gives to the child. Because listen, I can mess up. I can mess up. Pastor Jeremy could get up here on a Sunday morning and say, Roll Tide. You don't want your kids repeating that stuff at home. You know what I mean? So as a parent, you need to filter out all that roll tide garbage and get it out of your kids. I'm kidding. I just that's what I'm saying. Um, roll tide. Nope, not not today. So you got to filter what happens from church, from school especially. Listen, as a parent, you choose where your where your kid goes to school. Okay, you can choose to put them in public school. And if you choose to put them in public school, then it's your responsibility to sit down and have filtered conversations with what they're learning in public school to weigh it according to biblical light and to make sure that your kids are being raised with an appropriate worldview and not the garbage that they're going to get from a government school. Okay, now they might have a great Christian teacher who's there to love them and steer them in the right direction, but you and I both know that government-funded stuff does not usually highlight God in the best way. All right, so it's your job to filter that as a parent. Your job, school and education, friends. You choose what friends your kids have. Now, that's not going to be incredibly popular with your kids. Okay, I promise you, though, my, my daughters, 
I love them. They have a ton of friends, okay? And I'm not like control guy where I do background checks and I screen every child that my kid hangs out with. Well, they can't spend the night over at your house because we have not got the results back from the DNA testing. So we don't know if my kids, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I am very interested in the character and the qualities of the people, the kids, even the small kids that my children hang out with because kids influence kids. Bible verse is true, bad company corrupts good character. Okay, so as a parent, we're responsible for this. We cannot subcontract this stuff out. We as parents set that tone in our home. Okay, so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page with that. It's real popular to sub it out, but we can't sub it out. We have to own that responsibility. Why? Because train up a child in the way they should go. Because when they're old, they will not depart from it. What voices do you want speaking into your child's life? Okay? And honestly, if I wanted to just finish driving the nail into the board with the hammer here, as parents, we're going to answer to God for the influences that we allow in our children's life. We're accountable for that. Okay? So that's between you and God how you sort that out, but we're accountable for that. We've got to raise our own children. Okay? Now, I'm not going to tell you how to raise your child. Anybody who's had a baby, had a child, has probably had somebody give them their top 20 tips on raising kids. All right? I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm here to give you truth from the Word of God to help equip you to be a better parent to your child. Who cares what I think? Who cares about my opinion? But I'm very interested in what the Word of God says. Okay? So I'm going to give you some principles that will help you um, as a parent, to make sure that as far as it's up to you, you are setting your kid up for success in life and setting your child up for spiritual success in their walk with God. Now, they're still going to make up their own minds eventually. They're still going to choose their own paths. They're still going to make their own choices, and we can't control that, but we can lay a solid foundation that's going to give them a path back to the right way if we lay it correctly. So y'all want to get into this this morning? Online people, take a sip of water or coffee and get ready to dial into this. This is going to be good stuff. Um, the first thing I want to give you is this. We need to have spiritual consistency in the home. You've got to have spiritual consistency in the home. It is incredibly important. And I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Listen, kids are shaping their worldview through the entirety of their development. The majority of it is set I think they say before they're seven years old, which is very sobering. But they're looking to you as mom and dad to, to take their cues on what, how this world works and what's right and what's wrong. And you are the biggest influencer in their life, whether they tell you that or not. Mom and dad, you're the biggest influencer in your kid's life. And they're going to watch you and take their worldview from how you live your life. It's incredibly important that they see us live out the spiritual principles on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday that we stand in church and shout about on Sunday. Okay. It's incredibly important that they see you um, in church saying amen to the verse that says, husbands, love your wives. And then they see you love your wife at home instead of yelling at her and talking down to her at home. You've got to make sure that you're consistent. It's, it's important that your kids see you praying. It's important that your kids see you spending time in the Word of God. 
because you were giving validity to the things that you say are important in life in the eyes of your child. And if they see an inconsistency there, they're going to say, oh, I see how this works. Mom and dad say one thing so that they look good in public, but at home, we're completely different. At home, daddy stands up and shouts when the preacher says pornography is bad. But when I walked by his office the other night, I saw some stuff on the computer that I know dad shouldn't have been watching. Okay, it's important that we're consistent. We have spiritual consistency in our home. Why? Because train up a child in the way they shall go. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. We're laying a foundation for them to build their lives on. Judges chapter 2. I just, this group of people blow me away. The Israelites in the Old Testament, especially in the time of Moses and Joshua, they, they blow me away because they're thick-headed, pig-headed, stubborn, ignorant, slow-learning, rebellious people. I know we don't know anybody like that in our lives, but that's, that's who they were. Joshua had just led this group of people into the promised land. They are standing in the fulfillment of the promise of God over their lives that stretches back Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Okay, They're picking fruit off the vine that God said that they would have. Okay, They're walking in lands that used to be occupied with giants that God gave them the victory for. They, they are living and breathing in the, the fulfillment of the promise of God. That generation that crossed over the Jordan with Joshua, this is that generation. Joshua has just died. Judges 2.10 says this. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors... Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. This is the group that crossed over. I don't think it would be so bad if it just said that a generation came up that didn't know the Lord. Because that's the kid's choice. You know, kids can choose not to follow in the footsteps of their family. Kid can choose to walk away from God. I get that. But it also says that they didn't know what the Lord had done for Israel. That's an indictment on the parents. Okay? Because in that time, the, like the, all the accounts of what God had done for his people and all the historical accounts, like the nation's history, the family's history, and the story of all the awesome things that had happened were passed down from mother and father to sons and daughters through storytelling, through a personal testimony of what they had witnessed God do in their lifetime. This says that that generation never passed on the awesomeness of God. Like, I'm wondering what happened. I mean, how do you, how do you not share what God had done? And the best I can come up with, and I'm taking a little bit of poetic license with this because we don't know from hardcore scripture, okay? So this is Josh's opinion right here. So take it or leave it. I think maybe they crossed over into the promised land and got comfortable. I think maybe they got comfortable in their new car. I think maybe they got comfortable in the job that God had gave them and forgot to give back to God what God was providing to them. I think that they got comfortable in their way of life and the security that they had, and they thought they had built a life 
for themselves, and they forgot about the God that made that life possible. I think their, their comfort led to spiritual complacency, and a generation came up behind them because they did not lay a correct foundation. They didn't know God, and they hadn't even heard of all the awesome stuff that God had done to get them to the place that they were. Parents, we got to make sure we're laying a proper spiritual foundation in our kids' lives. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Got to lay that foundation. Got a question for you. I like to ask myself questions sometimes to keep myself in check, and to do honest evaluation. Question for you that I wrote down this morning. Would you want your child to stand before God using the current condition of your relationship with God? Is that too heavy too soon? Do we need more coffee this morning to get up for the? Okay. Would you want your child to stand on that X before God, only being able to stand there in the current condition of your relationship with God? Okay. Now, here's decision time. Because that's either a yes, I hope that my child can know the Lord the way that I do, or it's holy cow, no, I don't. I don't want them to stand up there in the shape that I'm in spiritually. Okay, good news is you can change. Okay, if things aren't on track, you can change and get them where they need to be because you're laying that foundation in your kid's life and they need to see spiritual consistency. So if there's anything in your life spiritually that you would not want to see passed on to your kids, that you would not want your kid, you, you wouldn't want your son to talk to his wife the way that you talk to your wife, that you wouldn't, anything you don't want to see reproduced and passed on, listen, we got to get that right in us personally because we are shaping the worldview of our kids' lives. They're looking to us. So that foundation is incredibly important. Okay? Um, Here's something else. Kids. Spell love. T-I-M-E. So while we're being spiritually consistent in the home, we want to make sure that we're spending time with our children. You got to spend time with our kids. Mom and dad, your kids want time with you. They're not so much concerned about how many hours you put in at work to put food on the table. They're not really concerned about the kind of car that you have to drive them around in. They're really not even so much concerned about whether or not they've got a bedroom all to themselves in this house that you got into way too much debt to pay for. None of that stuff really matters to children. They want to know that mom and dad are going to be there to play with them, especially early on. And to the teenage years, they want to know that mom and dad are going to be there when they come to them for counsel and sincerely listen to them. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And I look back over my life, and probably you guys do too, I don't think about all the overtime that my dad worked to make sure that we had a place to stay. I think of the times that he came out and played basketball with me after work. I think of the football games that we watched. You know, I think of the, the family trips that we took together, mom and dad and, and my sisters. Even though I was the favorite, they let the sisters come along with us. Um, I know, I, I look back on all that stuff, and I think about the times that we had together and not all the stuff that they had to do as parents to make sure we were taken care of. Now, when you think about time with your kids, I want you to think this way. I want you to picture in your mind a railroad track. 
It's going through all the phases of the development in your child's life, from infancy, early childhood, adolescence, the teenage years, into young adulthood, and into adulthood. Train tracks going all the way through them. But those tracks are broken up into sections that are laid out and connected one after another. Okay? Sections of track. The time that you spend with your children in each stage of development lays a track that carries over into the next stage of development. Okay? So you have to think of time with your child as an investment into that child. You invest time into your kid today so that you have the relationship and the trust and the influence that you're going to need in your child's life tomorrow. Invest in your child's life today so that you have what you need for tomorrow. A lot of friction in homes through the teenage years occur because parents don't have a solid relationship with their child through the infant through the childhood years, so they have no relationship to build on. They have no connection. They have no trust. They have no influence. And I don't mean your teenager isn't just going to go buck wild crazy sometimes, all right, because that happens sometimes. But I, I watch, I hang out with Abby right now, and she's all into PJ masks. She's all into Team Umi Zumi. I just feel like less of a man for saying Team Umi Zumi. I feel like I need to go eat a, eat a steak and and shoot something after service for even having said that, you know. But she's all into that stuff right now. She loves to dress up like a princess and run around with her dresses and say, Daddy, don't I look beautiful? I'm Ariel. Look at me. I'm Cinderella. You know, she's, and I'm, but I hang out with her and I play with her and I play princess dress up time with her. No, I don't put on a dress. She does that. But, but I have fun with her because I understand that if she knows that Daddy's there now, she can trust that daddy's going to be there later. And I'm building trust and listening to you at bedtime, all the crazy thoughts that run through my little girl's heads right before bed, all the questions that come up. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go to bed. And here, when it's my turn to put on the bed, here it comes, daddy, why is the earth round? Why is this? Why is that? Why is this? Why is that? I'm like, you little staller. I know you're stalling so you don't have to go to bed. But I, I, I answer as many questions as I can because I know that if they know they can come to me now and ask me anything now and know that I'm not going to judge them, but I'm going to love them and I'm going to give them wisdom and guidance and counsel on their level because to me, the stuff they're dealing with right now is incredibly trivial, but to them, it's a big deal. And so I want to spend time with them now and work through the big deals today so that they trust that they can come to me later and handle the big deals later. Time invested today Build relationship and trust so that you can have influence as a parent later. Make sense? So make sure you spend time with your kids. Now listen, if you've been working like crazy and you haven't spent time with your kids, listen, I'm not here to beat you up for that. You know what today is a good day for? Today's a good day for change. Today's a good day for change. You can start right now and start spending time with your child. doesn't matter if they're 45, 50 years old. Spend time with your kids Okay, you still have a voice of influence to speak into their lives. Spend time with them, and they'll appreciate it. Um, give parameter and discipline to develop them. Give parameter and discipline to develop them. 
Kids need parameters. Can I get an amen from the mamas and daddies out there? Kids need parameters. Kids need discipline. Kids need discipline. I know I did when I was growing up. I needed a lot of discipline. You know, the Bible says that when God loves us, he disciplines us because he loves us. He disciplines us to keep us from going into areas of our life that we don't need to go into to keep us from getting into problem areas. He corrects us to keep us from putting ourselves in situations that are going to destroy us spiritually. Now, we can choose whether to accept that or to ignore it. But if we're going to reflect God's heart as a parent in us as parents, we've got to put parameters and discipline to develop our children. Now, the goal here is to develop them. Is to develop the child. That means there has to be strategy with the discipline when you approach your child when it's discipline time. Okay, that means that you cannot go into a moment of discipline emotionally unstable. Okay, you got to approach your kid in a heart and a motive of love to bring discipline to them. Otherwise, you're not disciplining a child, you're venting your weak on them. Okay, you're taking out all the anger you've got from your husband or your wife or your boss or the traffic that you just got home driving through, and you're letting it loose on your kids. Your kids do not deserve that. Okay, do not vent on your children. Discipline your children when it's necessary. Now, it doesn't always mean that you pull out the belt and you spank them. Or you spank them with your hand or you use a switch or whatever, whatever the go-to is for you in your household. You, know, you can sit down and bring discipline in a conversation. Because the goal is to develop. So I go to my kids in a motive of love, and they, they're already getting to the point where they go, oh, no, another lecture. Yeah, another lecture. We're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about why this is wrong, what the Bible says, why the punishment is coming in, and the change that I expect to see in their behavior. Okay, so I teach first usually, and if the behavior persists for another day after that, then we bring in a little bit more harsh levels of discipline and we give the little, little spanking time if we need to, but the motive is to develop, okay? Not to punish, but to develop them. So you got to find a way to, to bend the will of the child without breaking their spirit. That's what you want to do. Proverbs 13, 24 says this. It says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Proverbs 22, verse 15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Amen to that. But the rod of discipline will drive it far away. I know some adults that could use some folly driven out of their hearts, too. I can just say that. I'm just saying. Uh, Proverbs 29, 15 says, A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. You don't want to disgrace your mama. Okay? You discipline your children. Now, that's between you and your child and God on how you do that. You know your child best. But the Bible says discipline needs to be in the home. You know, they had a problem in Africa. This is years back. Um, poachers had come through, and they had killed the adult elephants and a herd of elephants and just left the young adolescent elephants to fend for themselves. No adult supervision. And these Adolescent elephants started causing all kinds of trouble just a week after the adults had been killed. They started running through the city, tearing up shops, flipping over stands, 
pushing cars out of the way. They started pushing down trees, causing all kinds of trouble. They sent in a team of people with the intent of figuring out what was going on and just eliminating the issue. The team got there, and the team leader saw what was going on and realized that there were no adult elephants with these adolescents. So they went and captured some adult elephants from another herd and brought them in to the group of adolescents. They turned them loose, and immediately the bull elephants started talking to the adolescents, flapping his ears, getting all big and strong, letting them know who was in charge, you know, and the female elephants doing the same thing. Within a couple of hours, those adolescent elephants that were going buck wild crazy calmed down and fell into their place in the herd, and they never had a problem out of them again because the adults were there to bring discipline and guidance to the situation, and it calmed it down. If you want peace in your home, parents, you get to choose whether or not there's peace in your home. Okay, Discipline your children, teach them the correct behavior, and let them calm down. Now, you might have to flap your ears, and you might have to raise your trunk and go, and just let them know. And that's cool if you got to do that, but that's on you as a parent. And I will say this. Listen, I keep saying parents and husbands and wife. I know there's a lot of single moms and single dads out there. And you're working yourself crazy trying to support your children and raise your children at the same time. And I want to tell you, look, hey, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I know sometimes it might feel like you're not, but you're doing a great job. Okay, do the best you can and trust God. Okay, your kids are going to see your heart and they're going to follow your example. Make sure you're giving them Jesus. Okay, discipline them, raise them up in love. We got to make sure that we keep the end game in mind. Make sure that we keep the end game in mind in raising our kids. What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You got to keep the end game in mind. What we want to do with our children is to raise children that are responsible, that are courteous, that have character and a strong moral compass. We want to raise children that are madly and passionately in love with Jesus. A lot of that is going to hinge on them following the example of mom and dad. Okay? It's, going to, it's going to hinge on us being spiritually consistent in the home. It's going to hinge on us spending time with our children. And it's going to hinge on us disciplining our, disciplining our kids in a way that develops them and helps build them as a person and not just giving us an opportunity to vent. All of that lays that foundation that will keep them on that path, keeping the end game in mind. Because we're all going to stand before God. Revelation chapter 20, in verse 15, says, Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You know, I asked you earlier, if your kid had to stand in front of God with your level of relationship with God, would it concern you? Eventually, they're going to stand before God, guys, on their own, on their own. And we're not going to be there to answer for them. We're not going to be there to, to, 
to stand on the front of that X for them and take whatever punishment is coming their way. We're not going to be able to do that. They're going to stand in front of God on their own and give an account to God for their lives on their own, just like you and I are. And their names are either going to be found in the book of life or they're not. Now, I know as parents, I I wish sometimes I could just puppeteer my children in a way and make them do the right thing all the time, but can't do that. And you can't make your child make a decision for Jesus. But as a parent, you can make sure, number one, that you have a relationship with Jesus that that child can see and model. Two, that you are living a spiritually consistent life that that child can see and say, you know what? Mom and dad say this and they do that. So I know that it's true because they don't just say it, they do it. Because kids, they don't hear what you say, they see what you do. They see what you do. They're going to stand on that X in front of God. My heart as a parent is to do everything that I can to set my daughters up for as much success as they can possibly have spiritually. I want to lay that foundation. I want to train up my daughters in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. I want to make sure that I set them up for success in parenting by using the wisdom of the Word of God to make sure they've got the foundation that they need. I want to challenge you parents out there. It doesn't matter if your child is a toddler in elementary school or a teenager, young adulthood. You still can set an example for that child. You still can show them spiritual consistency. You still can spend time with them. You still, you might not be able to discipline an adult, but you can speak wisdom into their life and then let them make up their own mind. Adults still need counsel too. Parents, let's do our best to make sure that we're laying the foundation that sets our kids up for success. Amen? Good stuff this morning? Let's give God praise for his word in the house.